we are back with episode 11 of We Are Everything Football Podcast and this is the weekend that we have been waiting for. Uh, I think it's 12 weeks into the podcast and it's episode 11 and it's finally the weekend we've been waiting for for so long in the Premier League. It's finally, finally here and this week I'm, I'm not alone. Raymond is back. So yeah, welcome back bro. Hi guys, uh, how have you been doing? So, uh, right, I guess, because uh, we're going to watch the game later on, so let's try not to make this too long. Yep, 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 yep. So, the main thing about this episode today is going to be a two-part episode. So, after the half an hour mark, it's going to be our review. So, what we're going to do is we're going to we're gonna do a quick preview of the game and talk a bit about United and Chelsea for the first half an hour. We're going to pause, we're going to go down and watch the game, and two hours later, we'll resume this podcast, and this podcast is going to go live. And it's gonna feature our preview and the, our our rea- our immediate reaction of the game. So, kick things off, right, bro. I just wanna, I just I don't know if you know that, but it's if you haven't, if you if you don't know about this news, right, you're probably living under a rock, okay? Because last week during the weekdays, I think it was um on Wednesday, Manchester United have officially signed Ralph Rangnick as our new interim manager for the rest of the season uh last week i did a, a, a full episode by myself talking about Ole out because he got sacked and i said in the podcast very specifically that if united want to do the interim thing there is only one interim manager that i want and the only interim manager that i will accept and that is ralph rangnick and i've got him we've got him he's gonna be in next week before the arsenal game too bad he can't he can't come in for the chelsea game but I want to know your thoughts about United signing Ralph Rangnick. Yeah, man, like, I obviously I heard your pod last week and what are the odds, man, of you saying that you wanted uh, Ralph Rangnick as the interim manager until the end of this season and the club actually, your club actually went in to sign Ralph Rangnick, like you said on Wednesday. But fortunately, unfortunately for you, he's going to be unavailable for yet for this match means uh, Michael Carey will still be uh, will still be on the touchline but good news for me is that uh that but, but it's that good news for me um yeah uh obviously we discussed about this that we're saying that um Ralph Ragnick is not the kind of manager that would accept an interim uh interim manager role because you know uh last season before after we sacked Lampard you know Ralph Ragnick was actually one of our candidates to come in as the interim but then that at that time he said that uh, he wasn't those kind of manager that accepts uh interim roles, and but then why does he accept United's job now? I think you know what are the details like the those small details in the contract stuffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is not the kind of a person who would take just a part time interim job. The reason he's taking this manual job is this United job is because he's being promised a two year consultancy role after this season ends, and he will get. To make decisions with the United board, he will get to choose, um, you know, be a part of the decision to choose the next United manager. Or you know, if he does a good job, like you know, you never know, right? Like Tuchel came in half season and he won the Champions League. You never know what will happen. I mean, if Rangnick does a good job, he might just get the full time permanent job. So I think, I think that's why he he took the United job because he's he's being promised a management role, which is a so called a consultancy role with United after this season ends. 
I think you should uh, explain to the listeners that about uh, more detail about what exactly is a consultancy role. Is it something like a football director? I the 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 the, the title of the position hasn't been revealed, but it, it just says it's a consultancy role. But what we expect is for Ralph Rennie to replace Ed Woodward to be the director of football, if not the 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 person in charge of making decisions during transfers and uh choosing the new manager and all but that is not what I'm 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 excited for. What I'm excited for is having Ralph Rangnick taking over Manchester United. I'm sure that since the news broke, everyone's been wondering who the hell who the hell is Ralph Rangnick. So let me tell you who is Ralph Rangnick. He is the so-called mentor and role model of not only Jurgen Klopp but Thomas Tuchel, Julian Nagelsmann, Ralph Hasenhutel know Hansi Flick, all these German managers, they all know who is Ralph Rangnick and he is the he is um dubbed as you know the professor and the creator of the Geigen pressing and I'm very, very excited to finally see a United team press and learning not only from not only from just any manager but one of the best German managers and one of the best at doing Geigen pressing. And I'm very very excited to see this United team actually press in a football match for once. Yeah, obviously, uh, Ralph Ragnick has been given uh, a term that to refer him as the football scientist because what he has done to football and what you see managers doing now in the modern game of football is they are, they are using what Ralph Ragnick implemented in this game. Like you see matches every day, like the car Jürgen pressing like you just mentioned managers do use it uh in every matches these days and that was implemented by Rafael himself but then uh, like you said he's uh apprentice uh, Jürgen Klopp with Thomas Tuchel but then is it now is it the opposite way like Thomas Tuchel Jürgen Klopp like all these are now like the masters yeah i know what you mean right the apprentice has become the master but the thing is the thing is i I, I'm not very worried about that because I, what, I'm, what I'm excited for is to have a person like Ralph Rangnick. You know, he will instill discipline. He will, be, he will do what Thomas Tuchel has done at Chelsea. He will instill discipline. He will make sure the team plays the way he wants to play. And because Ralph Rangnick actually has a tactic, you actually know you know that he has a way of playing, a style of playing. Not like Oli. Oli does not have a style of playing. Like I said many, many times, individual brilliance under Oli. So under, under, under Rangnick, we will play good football. We will play attack, attacking football. And um, and the most excited thing is to actually see a whole team playing as a team. Because as of seasons ago under Oli, we don't play as a team. Like to, like Chelsea, they play as a team. You now United, we don't play as a team. So that's what I'm really, really excited to see from Rangnick. Yeah, but I uh, just hope that we don't get too ahead of ourselves. Because like you said... So Ralph Fennick has come in, but then uh, I'm not sure whether is he going to bring his own uh, coaching staff, uh, backroom staff, you know. The point is that until up until now, yes, Ole has been sacked, the goal has been achieved, but he is the only person that left the door. Like, all the other staff are still there. Like you uh, like mentioned uh, Carrick. to me, uh, okay, yes, Carrick, and then your Fletchers, and then all the fitness coach and uh, uh, back, backroom staff coaches. They're, they're all still the same person. So does it really change much when the only person leaving is 
only like one person. In fact, for me, that the entire coaching staff and the backroom staff, including Michael Carrick, should leave. And when Ralph Ragnick comes in, he should bring all his backroom staff, replace every one of them. Like that's when I think you will see big changes. Right, obviously, obviously, what I want Carrick, McKenna, Fletcher, I want all of them out the door. They should have gone with Ole. Like I hope Ragnick brings in his own backroom staff, but even if he even if he has to come in alone without a backroom staff, what I'm hoping for is because Ole and the backroom staff like Carrick and all, they don't have any tactic, they don't have any plan. But Ragnick has a plan, he has a tactic. So what I'm hoping is Obviously, I hope Renny brings his team, but if he doesn't, all I want Renny to do is to tell everyone, all the backroom staff, that you are just coaches. You will do this. You will do the training my way. You will do the, the, the training drills my way, and they will play my way. You know, I hope, but this is this will be a, too much of a task for, for Renny to, to train the players and to also train these uh, coaches to train the players. You know, it's, it's a double job. So... I really, really hope all of them get out the door and I hope Rennie brings in his his own team that, that knows how he plays. Just like Tuchel, like, you know, you bring in your own coaches. Yeah, exactly. Spot on, man. Like, what I'm trying to say is if Rack, uh, if Ragnick comes in without his own staff, uh, for me, I think he's going to have a less of an impact of compared to if he brings his own staff because you're, you're working with the same staff that Ole used to work with. So, in terms of that, I don't really see a big, uh, in uh, in terms of big changes. So, yeah, uh, hope he actually brings in his own stuff, and yeah, this could be the turning point for United. Yeah, and what what a way to start Ragnick's era in United next week against Arsenal. Like, I really, really hope we get a result. But before before we go into next week, let's talk about last week. Like, I'm going to let you go first. 4-0 against Juventus, man. How do you feel? Lah. Uh, you just heard what, your own, uh, what you said just now. 4-0 against Juventus. Juve, man. One of the biggest teams in Europe for recent years. Even without uh, legends like Perlo and, uh, and stuff, they are still considered as the biggest club. One of the biggest clubs in Europe. And we smashed them. 4-0. Not Chelsea. It's the Cobble, man. The academy graduates. You know, uh, your Chalabar, Rhys James, your Callum, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek got the assist. So three, that is three goals from academy graduates and one assist from the academy graduate. So it's technically Cobble 4, Juve, nil. Yeah, spot on, man. All the Chelsea graduates got involved in the four goals. Like that is really, that is really that says a lot. When you know your star striker Lukaku is not even starting the game, and you won four nil. Yeah, exactly. We were without um Lukaku. No, the biggest signing of the of summer. He's obviously uh still working his way back to his fitness, full fitness, uh full match fitness. And Werner came uh came off the bench, and had good impact as well. But one the biggest and saddest moment was when the Chilwell got an injury and oh my god, it is an ACL injury. Man. I'm not sure about you, but I've seen ACL injuries with two of my players, which is Callum and Ruben Loftus and 
that kind of injury just sucks, man. And for now, as it seems, he's going to be out for the rest of the year for sure. And the club will be is looking to delay the final decision but on New Year, whether Chilwell can play again for this season or he has to do a surgery. If he has to do a surgery, then he's out for the season for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, we hope that Chilwell recovers soon and gets gets well soon. But yeah, man, ACL tear is, is a real bitch. Like you mentioned, Kellen Arthur-Doy, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, they both tore their ACL. And it's not that it's not only that they'll be out for almost a full season, but they need so much time to recover, to get back to get back to full fitness, and then to get back to the form that they were before they, they tore their ACL. Like Luke Shaw, when he tore his, his ACL, took him almost two years to recover his form and become, you know, uh, a consistent left back again. So it will take up to, you know, one, two seasons for you to actually find your form again. And this is an injury that is, is one of the worst. Like you see Van Dyke when he tore his ACL last season. And this season he came back. He took so long for him to, to find his fitness. So th- this is a real pain in the ass, man. Like you said, man, uh, ACL injury is the bitch of an injury, man. Like not every player who goes who uh, after an ACL injury can come back and perform like straight away. Mentally, they have to get through their mental side of the game that uh, they are not afraid of this injury happening again. That they're not, they are not afraid to um, concede into the challenges. Like you see, uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek after that injury, after that Achilles injury, like you see, it took how long of a season? How many seasons for him to actually come back and be the player he is right now, striving under Thomas Tuchel? Like even before, uh, at the start of this season, I was saying that he doesn't look the same anymore, and I actually gave up on, uh, gave up on him. But then after that, after after some few games, and Thomas Tuchel said that he actually believes he can go the limit and go the distance. Look what he is doing now. I'm just gonna say, uh, I just hope Chilwell can get, uh recovery and get over he can go through the mental side of the game and hope he can continue after he's back yeah we all wish Joel a speedy recovery but let, let's go on to a bit of more positive news I think you want to mention a bit about the art your other fullback right Rhys James what a performance against Juventus and who wait, who do you play against uh in the Premier League last weekend Leicester yeah, yeah. so uh, a win against Leicester a win against Juventus, and I think Rhys James put in two huge performance. Yeah, for me, Rhys James is playing like the best right back slash right wing back in the world right now. Like, um, not I'm not trying to compare him with uh Trent. Obviously, both are good attacking fullbacks, but if you say overall, I'm going for Rhys James. It just has so many power, pace. He's improved massively in terms of defense. Like last season, you could see that uh he's positional positioning wise in defense still has like a bit of doubt but this season that that issue is soft man like in the UV uh in the UV game he scored that second goal I'm not sure if you see the goal like he chested yeah. he chested down many of us thought that he should take it like first first shot but then he chested down and controlled it so well and just hit it on half volley man. Oh my god. Like I think there's a video that went that went viral online that after the Juve game, when Chilwell and Reese got into the bus to, to to head back to yeah, to head back home, Reese J- 
James told Chihuahua that I'm the best fullback in the world right now. And I think it's very, very, very hard for anyone to disagree with you because he's not only defending well, getting clean sheets game after game. He's not only giving assists, but bro, he's scoring goals. He's your top scorer. Like, you don't even need Lukaku this season, actually. You just need Rich James. And my God, what a right back he is. Exactly, man, exactly. Um, Many of us are saying that maybe we should put our strikers into defence and our defence into strikers. Like, you can put Timo Werner at left wing back and Romero Lukaku at right wing back and they'll get you the goals. Yeah, I agree with you, man. But let's hop on to this this week's game. I mean, not this week, sorry. Tonight's game, the game right now. United versus Chelsea, bro. The lineups are out. I know you're searching for Chelsea's lineup. But bro, listen to this. Listen to this. I'm reading to you, man, United's lineup. You, you ready? Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. David De Gea. Back four. Juan Bissaka. Lindelof. Bayi, because, you know, Maguire is uh, suspended and very injured. Lindelof and Bayi at centre-back. Alex Tejas as left-back, okay? And then, bro, listen, we're not playing with McFred. We are playing with McFred featuring Matic, bro. We are playing with three centre-defensive midfielders. That's not the best part. Listen to this, bro. The wingers, Sancho and Rashford. So, we already got three midfield, right? McFred. And Matic. Wingers is Rashford and Sancho. Guess who's our striker? Guess guess who's my striker? Martial. Bruno. Bruno. We are playing with a false nine. Ronaldo is on the bench, bro. Bro. Let me just say one thing. Carrick's got balls, man. To bench one of the greatest of the game. Carrick is only 2.0. Oli played with McFred, just two CDMs. But <laughs> Carrick is playing with three CDMs, bro. And you know what? You know what? I'm going to tell you, right? It might not even be three CDM. It might even be Matic as centre-back. It might even be a back five with Matic as centre-back and McFred as holding midfielders. Bro, we're not, we're not starting Ronaldo, bro. What the hell is happening? Can you please tell me the Chelsea lineup? Let me just uh, walk you through for the Chelsea lineup. Edward Mendy in the post. Back three of Chaloba, Thiago Silva and Antonio Rudiger. Actually, I was I, uh, I'm a bit surprised here that actually Thiago Silva is starting because he started the last two games. And at his age, I'm not quite sure if he is supposed to start this game, but if Tuchel selects him, then I'm all for it, man. And the wing backs, right wing back, Rhys James, of course, and replacing Ben Chilwell. Is the early season on form? Al- Marcos Alonso, double pivot, Jorginho and Loftus Cheek. Good to see my boy Ruben there. And the front three of Ziyech, Werner and Hudson Odoi. Yes, man. Like, this is probably, I think, the eighth game in a row Callum has started, and that is the highest out of all the seasons he's had at Chelsea. And I'm uh, just really happy for Callum. And Ziyech, remember the uh, last few parts ago? I keep saying that Ziyech should get get the hell out of my club because he's not performing as he should at his age, given his quality. But then in the last two matches, he's he's made some good um good matches into his name. Uh, into his name. So 
you start player when players playing good. Bro, look at your bench, man. Look at your bench. Lukaku, Pulisic, Mount, and Harvest. You know what? I'm actually happy. I know this will, might come and bite me back in the ass, but I'm happy that ZH is starting. I mean, if I see Mount in, the, in that lineup or I see Harvest in the lineup, I'm already not going to watch the game with you, bro. I'm not going to watch the game with you, but ZH, that is, a, that is at least a little bit positive for me. Jorginho and Loftus Cheek, like, at least there's no, like I'm gonna look at the positive, bro. At least there's no Kante. At least there's no Kante. But this Chelsea lineup is still a lineup that I'm very, very scared of. And bro, we're not starting Cristiano Ronaldo, bro. I don't understand what what the hell we're gonna do, man. Yeah, um, I think what Carrick is trying to do is that he is hoping for United to play on the very fast counter. Uh wait, uh you just mentioned your wingers should uh, would be Rashford and Sancho, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's obviously two very pacey players right there. So I think you guys you guys are hoping for a very quick counter and catches off guard and like just hit, just run like straight line. And for Bruno as your false nine, if Bruno is your false nine, then means means that you guys don't have a focal point or point of reference. So, uh, I'm not sure how it's gonna work out for Bruno up there, but. By the looks of it, this should be easily dealt with with our defense. Bro, you know what? The thing is, right? I'm okay with United's lineup because a a, a coach will if if this was Ragnar's lineup, I already know how he's gonna play, you know. Rashford and Sancho on the wings, Bruno as a false nine, and behind behind Bruno, you will have Fred and McTominay as the box to box with Matic as the holding, right? And Matic and McTominay and Bruno, they are very, very good at pressing the ball. But that is under Rangnick. And Rangnick is not here now. This is damn Michael Carrick picking this lineup. And I am not I'm not confident that Michael Carrick knows how to manage a club of Manchester United. You know? I bet you he's gonna make Matic drop so deep, like a third centre back. He's gonna pull Fred and McTominay back. Bruno's gonna be running like a headless chicken all around the midfield because we don't have a striker. So he's gonna press Mendy, then he's gonna press Thiago Silva. Then he's gonna press Jorginho. Like the, the the only positive I can think of, right, is that if the game manages to go um nil-nil into halftime, and then he brings on Cristiano Ronaldo in the second half to add pressure uh into Chelsea's defense. But the thing is, when I say that, I'll think of you in the, in your shoes. Like if he goes to nil-nil and then Tuchel brings on Lukaku, Mount. Pulisic and Harvard, it's going to be the same thing, bro. So, I don't know about you, man. But even though I hate United's lineup and I'm scared of Chelsea, it's going to be a very good game to watch. Yeah, when United, when Chelsea versus United, it's never a boring game. Yeah, so we can expect a very fun game. But if I'm seeing at this app right here, it's, a, it's actually showing that Sancho and Rashford is like playing as a double, double striker and... Bruno is as the central attacking midfielder and at behind you have like how many defenders? Seven. It's like seven defensive players bro. Like I'm not sure how are we gonna get through the middle. I think we're gonna see a, uh, a lot of crosses from the Chelsea side. Uh, yeah. What, what are your thoughts and what would you what would your prediction be? Right, right. Looking at looking at one of the lineups posted, yes, it does look like a diamond, you know. 
Matic holding McTominay, Fred box to box, Bruno as the attacking midfielder slash force nine. And this if if Bruno's playing a force nine, yeah, Sancho and Rashford have to drift in and cut inside a lot to play as uh, inside forwards. So, like you said, bro, you know, like, listen to this, right? Even though you think that we have seven defenders playing, and you said that, you know, it's hard to break through the middle, but look at, Chelsea, look at the way Chelsea plays. Chelsea plays in the back three, we're attacking fullbacks. And you cross the ball non-stop. Alonso is good at crossing. Reese is damn good at crossing. And you know what the thing is? Man United cannot defend crosses. Even with Harry Maguire, who's good at heading, we still cannot defend crosses. So I don't think you should be you shouldn't be worried that you cannot penetrate the middle, bro. Because just go do what Chelsea is good at, which is crossing, because United can't defend that anyways. I'm going with uh, my prediction I'm going to give you in a bit because I'm, there's something else I want to bring up. But yeah, you don't have to be worried about crosses, bro. Obviously, we play with the back five. And also, when we attack, it's actually a front five as well. Because we attack with the front five with these um, two, two wing backs. In recent matches, I see that Tuchel has done some uh, twitch to this system. Is that our wing backs is doing more of an inverted kind of role. Like they are running through and driving through in the middle, in the middle of area of the midfield and going more often into the boxes, like so much compared to, to previous games. And this this twitch I, is what makes me think that we have been playing quite well for recent matches. Unlike previously, um, our wing back is just supposed to overlap and just put it across. Whereas now we are seeing more of these wing backs going into the six yard box, you know, entering your penalty box and making those runs in midfield. Right, right. So one more thing I want to ask you, bro. It doesn't matter what lineup, it doesn't matter who is playing. Because the referee is the legendary, the Hall of Fame, Mr. Anthony Taylor. The guy born in Manchester. The guy who loves Chelsea is the referee for the game. So it doesn't matter if Ronaldo starts. It doesn't matter if Rangnick is not here. It doesn't matter if Tuchel is a genius. The, ta- the, the referee is Anthony Taylor. Give me your thoughts and your score prediction, bro. Okay, Um. thank you for bringing that up. And actually, his name is Anthony Dogshit Freaking Bald Taylor. Right, let's get that right. I, I, I'm sure you know how much how freaking much I hate this guy to the max. Like, I get, I'm not sure if, because I, for me, I see is that every season when there's a game against Manchester clubs or even in the bigger games, Anthony Taylor is the referee of our game. No, my, my game, Chelsea game. And every time when he is on the pitch as a referee, my team just gets screwed up, man. I'm going to tell you, man, Mandy is going to get a, a red card for taking the ball with his hands. Yeah, man. Anthony Taylor is no joke. It is, it is a very obvious bias against Chelsea. Like the handball for Reese James against Liverpool. Like, come on, man. That is not a red card, bro. But the FA Cup against Leicester. I mean, Leicester played a good game, but still, he kind of robbed Chelsea off, uh, of a good match. But it's because of I, I, I would not have any hope for this game if it wasn't for Anthony Taylor because I know he's just gonna screw Chelsea around, like. I, I told Raymond that we are going to get a penalty this game. I'm not sure if it's for Man United or Chelsea, but we're going to see some controversial decisions tonight 
for sure because this ref is this game is not about Chelsea it's not about United this game is about Anthony Taylor this game will always about, will always be about Anthony Taylor he's going to make this game um famous because of him but to be real bro I'm going to go with a very very confident and unrealistic score I'm going to go with United 2-1 very nice to see my friend having some confidence there. Despite knowing that you guys actually have 12 men against 11. Like you said, man. This guy, Anthony Taylor. No, uh, the, the most important thing about tonight's game. It's not even the game itself. It's Anthony Taylor, the referee. Referees in England like likes to make themselves the center of attention of big games. Like, why can't... Why don't you see this kind of thing happening in um, Spain? Spain, Italy. Their referees are so freaking good, unlike the referees in England. Yeah, I agree with you, man. This is one of the reasons why we don't see a lot of re- English referees in the Champions League, in the World Cup, because they are full of biasness and they are full of bullshit, man. But I know you hate Anthony Taylor and I know he's going to screw up, but bro, give me your predictions, man. I'm gonna go with 2-0. 2-0 to Chelsea win. Like I just can't see teams scoring against us at the moment. Like bro, you already know how 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 many clean sheets we are having and how less of goals we concede. Yep, Anthony Day is gonna give Bruno two penalties today, man. But yeah, um we're gonna end this right here. But we're gonna go watch the game and then we'll be back for a quick reaction for the next half an hour. See you. And the game has ended. Uh, in my opinion, it was a boring, boring game. 1-1. One, one. Chelsea won. Manchester United won. Give me your thoughts, man. Like you said, man, very boring game. If I, if I didn't take leave for tomorrow, I wouldn't watch this game, to be honest. And what we said before... Before we ended the first session of the, this episode, we said that this it would be a very interesting game. But United played with the three CDM and that made us very hard to play through the middle and we had to count on uh, the wings. And how many corners did we have just now? I think Chelsea had 15 or 16 crosses to United's like two or maybe three corners only. Like, like, like Raymond said, they could not penetrate United's midfield through the middle because we really had seven, seven people defending. Sometimes even eight or nine. So they had to count the crosses. And to be fair, your crosses, they were not a threat. But your corners, like you had 16, 17 corners, bro. That was, I was really scared that like one of them would actually go in at the back of the net. Yeah, and, like, and I mentioned just now, uh, for do in the recent matches, our main wing backs or one of the front three they will drop into the midfield to make it uh the midfield have we have four players or three players. So United countered that by paying three CDM in the midfield and to pack out that midfield so that we couldn't penetrate in the middle. And like you say, we have so many corners. And in my opinion, we took a sub Lukaku on like way too late in the game and Pulisic and Mason Mount as well yeah I mean you already had like 10 corners after the first half 
you should have brought on Lukaku way earlier. Like Lukaku would have been a threat in the corners. Rudiger and Rudiger and um Thiago Silva who are usually like big threats during during your for your corners, right? They they couldn't they could not do anything for your corners today. So I don't know why Tuchel took until the 80th minute to bring on Lukaku, but he he waited until the 75th minute to bring on Mount and Kroos, which I think was really late. But then United has made two sub ready, bro. Yeah, exactly. Right when we were watching the game, I was like, I was keep on complaining to you that Tuchel should have made the sub at the 60th minute mark. Like United had already had two subs, and after that only we made our first sub. Like it's just too late. And why don't you talk? Through me about the first goal you let have. Oh my god, like like if I just want to say that the game it was boring because I'm a United fan. I don't know about you as a Chelsea fan, but but for me, for United, it was a really, really shitty, boring game. Like we played with seven defenders and Bruno who has played quest to us, who was playing as a false nine. It was just like I said, he was just gonna run around and that's all he did. Just ran, ran, ran and tried to press. Because that's all he can do, right? He's not supposed to, he he can't be defending the whole time. He has to press from the front. So that's all we have done today. We just tried to not let Chelsea score. And we did a really good job at that. That's all I can say. Carrick's plan was to not to not concede a goal and we didn't. But it's because of a penalty. I'll get to that later. But the first goal, like we said before earlier in the first session, United's plan after we saw lineup, United's plan is to punk the bus and hit on the counter because you know on our on the counter attack. We are a huge threat. And after, I mean, on that counter-attack, Jorginho, I mean, I, I, like I told Raymond, you cannot blame him for that, man. Like, he should have cleared, but he could not He could not control the ball. And two-on-one, Sancho and, Rash, and Rashford threw on goal against Mendy. I'm so, so happy for Jalen Sancho. Two games, two goals, one in the Champions League, first in the Premier League. He's getting... He's getting his confidence and next week when Rangning is here, I'm pretty sure he will bring the best out of Sancho. But the game, I'm very, very, very happy for Sancho. The goal was a good goal. I thought he was going to square it to Rashford. But yeah, I told you, bro, you cannot blame Jorginho for that, for that, um, for that mistake. Yeah, just I just hope that Georgi could have saw that two players, Rashford and uh, Sancho, were closing down on him already. Like, don't care, just throw it, uh, kick the ball out of play or whatever, man. Like, do not try to control in when two players are closing you down. And for, like you said, uh, even for me as a Chelsea fan, the game was quite boring. Even though we had so many corners, but we didn't make the most out of it. And the penalty, uh, I would say it's a deserving penalty. Although it was a soft touch, but it's still a penalty. For me, Callum should have done better with the chance that he had early in the game. Yeah, in the first half, Callum had a few good chances. The one where Ronaldo, Ronaldo passed it into, into Callum. He should have took a better shot, you know, through Ongo. He should have took a better shot. But like I said, bro, my man of the match in the first half would go to De Gea because he, if it wasn't for De Gea, Callum Hazard-Odoi would have scored two goals. But in the second half and overall, the whole game, I give... I'll give Fred my man of the match, bro. Fred, bro. Fred, uh, for me, I will give it to De Gea, man. He like he made that uh early early game save against uh, Callum. And that save against Rudiger, bro. If he didn't have that hand there, it would have been a goal. Yeah, okay. in that first half, definitely De Gea is my man of the match. But overall, the whole game, I give Fred. And why I give Fred is because 
he was the only one who has who had pressed the whole of the Chelsea team. I think he has pressed every eleven player in the Chelsea team because that is what Fred can do. You know, he he. That's why I say he will thrive under under Ralph Ragnick because that is what Ragnick wants to play, and that is how he wants to play, and that is what Fred is good at. He really pressed everyone today. He made a few bad passes, a few miscontrols, and in that last in the few dying minutes. When Mandy passed it to him, he should have done a better, better job. And I was screaming that he didn't do a better job. But overall in the game, Fred did a, a good job, you know. Because in the end, if it wasn't because of the penalty, it would have been a clean sheet. We, have, we would have stolen the points. But, I mean, unlucky from one Bisaka, we gave the penalty. And Jorginho always converts his penalty. Yeah, I was I was saying to you that when Georgie was going to take a pen, I wasn't quite... I wasn't quite confident because he made that uh, mistake earlier on. But luckily, it went in. And yeah, man, Anthony Taylor, referee for the game. Like, how many yellow cards were thrown, right? Yeah, I think, I don't know how many yellow cards, but in the dying minutes, Ronaldo was offside. And he went through on goal. They had, they had Thiago Silva cleared the ball. Ronaldo was clearly offside, but he yeah. the ref still gave the, the corner kick. Yeah, exactly. It was clearly offside, like, why didn't the why didn't he or any of the fourth official even care bother to check for the VAR? Like, okay, you didn't give you didn't shout for the offside at first, but never mind, it's okay. But you gave the corners, man. Yeah, they they should have done something and checked VAR. He even went and booked Thomas Tuchel because Thomas Tuchel was, was screaming at the touchline, but but it was clearly offside, you know, and we could have stolen the points. If we scored from that corner and it will be daylight robbery, but uh yeah, we didn't. We man you created, I think like besides Sancho's goal, we really did not create any chance. It was a shitty game, we just punked the bus, hope for a counter-attack. And like this is the like I told you during when we were watching the game, this is Carrick's last game. I'm happy he, in his two games he got a win against Villarreal, brought us to the last 16, and he got a point against I think the best team in, in Premier League right now. So I'm not at Stamford Bridge somewhere, bro. So I'm happy with the point. And next week is gonna be a different United. But I want to hear from you from a Chelsea point of view. Like 16, 17 corners should have done a better job, bro. Yeah, exactly. And what's wrong with uh, what's with um Alonso taking all the corners, man? Like Alonso is a defender and he can score from set pieces. Like when ball bounces uh onto the grass and Alonso can hit on a half volley. Like why don't Tuchel sign Ziyech uh, to take the corners instead? And he is better at taking corners. Or why not Rhys James take corners? Like we had like 15, 16, 17 corners and I don't think any of them went anywhere near the target. The closest was Ruben of the Chip where he had that chance but he missed it. Yeah, but do you think that Tuchel came up with the wrong game plan today? Like we said earlier in the game, it's going to be hard to penetrate the middle. So there's no... I don't see why he started Werner because, you know, what Werner is good at is running behind the defence. So you're, going to, you're not going to penetrate the middle, you're going to go for the crosses. So he maybe he should... Even though he didn't start Lukaku, maybe he should have brought Lukaku on earlier. Like we said, Lukaku is a threat in the air. Threat again in set pieces. So yeah, I, I, we, are, we are really curious as to why... Thomas Tuchel didn't bring on Lukaku or any subs earlier during the 60th minute, bro. Yeah, um, good point about uh, starting Werner there. Yeah, uh, spot on. Because like, when you see when you see United parking so many players in the middle, 
and most of them are relatively big guys, bigger than Timo. I don't expect Timo. I don't expect Timo to hold off any of the defenders. Like, if I were me, I would play. I would start Pulisic as a false nine because you know Pulisic has more trickery and more technical ability. So maybe he can go inside the six yard board and get a penalty. Yeah, bro. But the game ended one one. For me, as a United fan, I'm very happy with the point. I mean, we could have gotten three points, but I'm still very happy with a point from Stamford Bridge. But for you, it's only one point gap between you and City now at the top of the table, bro. It's, it's going to be tough for you. Yeah, man. It's hard to believe uh, Pep, Pep and Jurgen Klopp in the consistency, consistency that they've shown throughout the years. Like, even after winning Silverware, like, look at where are they now. They're, City are just one point off us and Liverpool are two, only two points off us. Like, if you want to win things, you have to keep that consistency level throughout years and years, man. Like, not just for only one season. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting race. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very, very tight race, bro. But, um, so, are you going to be happy with the point today? Or, because, you know, we started, you started out the game really good in the first half, you got chances. Then after in the second half, when we just started the second half, five minutes in, Sancho's got a goal, you're one nil down. And like you said, from so many corners, you didn't score. So I think you have to be happy that you at least got a point from today's game. In all honesty, for me, it's a two points drop. But when you see the way United deploy in the midfield, I already know that we couldn't penetrate through the midfield because, you no, know, Georgie, Georgie, is the deep your is a register, so he's not gonna penetrate your midfield. And Ruben, Ruben, he can, but he's he can't do it alone. That if you had let's say you have a coverage next to, um, Ruben, then maybe we could have done something in a midfield battle. But overall, it's it's a one point, and we didn't lose the game, so can't complain any further. Yeah, bro, like. For me, I'm happy, but for you, I understand your frustration because clearly our standards are very different at the moment. But next week is a new week and United will have a new manager. I'm sure we have something to discuss about because, you know, it's a new Manchester United, bro. Yeah, looking forward to see how Ralph Ragnick's United is going to be, but... Yeah, uh, just now you, you did mention to me a little bit about the United schedule. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, this weekend, my God, it's going to be a good episode because in Malaysia time, on, on the weekday, on Friday morning, United will be home against Arsenal. And on Thursday morning, Chelsea will be going to Watford, right? That's on the weekday, bro, end of the weekday. But on Saturday... At 8.30 in the evening, Chelsea, West Ham, London Derby, and United will face Crystal Palace. So that's, like, our teams will only have one day, one full day of rest, bro. They're they not even going to have enough time to have a second uh, a training session, you know, for the next game. So it's just one day of rest. But, yeah, your next game, Watford away. What are your thoughts, bro? They trash us 4-1, by the way. Yeah, uh, this is December. It's, the, it's that time where games are coming thick and fast, man. Especially 
when we are going towards the Christmas Christmas days or Boxing days, you know. Uh, but it depends depends on which games do you think it's more crucial slash more important. Like for you, it's definitely the Arsenal game. So I think you should put more, I mean, better players in your starting eleven, and maybe on the weekend you can put slightly less lesser quality than the, against the Arsenal starting eleven. But yeah, we are we are not gonna have training on Friday. The team is not gonna have training on Friday, so obviously they're gonna have they're gonna prepare for two games before the weekday's game, right? Yeah, bro. Like you said, um, not enough time to train. Like I don't think the same eleven can play back to back games. Bro. Then we'll definitely need to rotate. But I think for United and Chelsea, rotation not a problem. It's just the quality after the rotation. Chelsea, I don't think it's any issue, but for United, that will be a problem. But um, this weekend, these two games will be Rough Rennick's first and second game. And I'm going to be very excited to watch. So, Man United Arsenal, I'm predicting a United win. Man United Crystal Palace, and it's United home again. And I'm predicting United win. Um, I don't know I don't know about the scoreline, bro, but I'm predicting a win for both United games. Yeah, I would love for my uh, United to win against Arsenal. Like Arsenal, it's safe to say that Arteta has turned 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 the corner at Arsenal. But let's hope uh Ragnick's first game as United manager will be a win against Arsenal. Yep, yep. I I really hope that Ref Ragnick will turn will turn this United around and like today we seen today was a good um showing to rough running that who in this united team will be good under his system you know he wants to press not only from the back but from the front and he knows after this game who who can do the job for him and who and who can't right so it'll be very interesting to see the team he picks against arsenal and crystal Palace. but for euro Watford and west ham both away games it's gonna be tough especially the west Ham game but i think two wins back to back yeah, obviously the West Ham game will be looking very hard on that one. Uh, it's will be it's gonna be a very tough game. Um, yeah, but I'm gonna relate uh both both wins as well. And looking uh, looking back at the just now the game, like Rashford just cannot do any pressing. Man. Yeah, Rashford cannot cannot do any pressing. But like we said, bro, like when Lampard left and Tuchel came in. Every player gets a clean slate, bro. Every every player gets a fresh start. Like there will be zero biasness. Like everyone will have a new opportunity. Like at the time when when Lampard was here, Rudiger was like probably every Chelsea fan wanted him to leave. But now Tuchel has made him, I think, the best defender in Premier League. So like when Rene comes in, I don't care if it's Fred McTominay or Lindelof or this Maguire or these players who I've I've talked a lot of shit about. They all get a fresh start, bro. So, like today, we see Rashford, he totally cannot press any of Chelsea's defenders, but we never know under Real Friendly, it could be something different, bro. Yeah, exactly. So, who knows? Maybe your Fred can be the next best thing in United's midfield. Yeah, we'll hope, bro. But, yeah, I think this is going to be the end of the episode. We are going to do episode 12 next week, where we're going to cover... Two Premier League games for Chelsea and two Premier League games for United. And 
there's so many games to talk about for next week. So, anything else you want to say, bro? Just saw a tweet. Just saw a tweet came out that I was saying uh, Chelsea just drew against Burnley. Chelsea drew against Burnley. What do you mean? Um, in reference to the the game just now, because uh, United played like Burnley. Yeah, bro. There's there's no different than Swan Dyche. You know, but at least at least right when when it's Burnley, they are a threat against in their corners, bro. They actually they actually want to get a corner or want to get a free kick and they will try to score. United didn't try to score, bro. When we had a corner, there's only like two or three United players in the box and eleven Chelsea players in the box. So I think Burnley would have done a better job against Chelsea today. And they got a point against you also, so yeah, we're we're just like Burnley, bro. Maybe worse. Uh, disappointed to say the least, but it's not it's not a loss somehow. Can't complain any further, like I said just just now. Yeah, we're we're both gonna take the point and we're gonna hope that the next meeting for United and Chelsea at Old Trafford at the end of the season will be a better game. I think that'll be a very good game, bro. Ralph Rene against Thomas Tuchel. It's gonna be a really, really good game. So yeah. We'll catch you next week for episode 12 of We Are Everything Football Podcast and see you.